you have your Bibles, I want you to be turning to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 11. 1 Samuel, chapter number 11. I want to publicly thank the Lord for traveling mercies that he has given to us today. We've traveled uh, several hours on the highway and the Lord has brought us safely to our destination. And I publicly want to thank him. I have traveled in my lifetime uh, over a million two hundred and fifty thousand miles, and the Lord has kept me safe. And I appreciate His watch care. I want to say I appreciate the testimony of Brother Billy back here. I assume you were a member of this church, and God has called him to a place of service and he has expressed his love for this church I like that kind of business there's a lot of preachers that can't even go back to their home church that's a sad indictment you always love the church that sent you out It's been uh, 40, about 41, two years ago, my home church ordained me. And they still pray for me. And I am still able to go back when they have revival meetings. And uh, I get help there. Well, that just, that just done something for me when I heard him say that. It's privileged to be back here at Bible Baptist Church. Appreciate your pastor, his family. Appreciate their hospitality and your generosity to me. And God's got his hand on your preacher. God's using him in a lot of places to preach the gospel. Don't ever get jealous about that. He's just an extension of this church. In fact, he's the first missionary of this church. If you support anybody, you ought to support him. And every place he goes, he's representing this church. And if you'll pray for him and not get aggravated because he's gone, God will bless you. And it'll make him a better preacher when he stands in this pulpit on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Well, if you're willing and able, would you stand as we read this portion? It's 
It's what has been living in my heart. The Bible said in verse number one, then Nahash, the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve thee. And Nahash the Ammonite answered them on this condition Will I make a covenant with you that I may thrust out? all your right eyes and lay it for a reproach upon all Israel. And the elders of Jabesh said unto him, give us seven days respite that we may send messengers unto all the coast of Israel and then if there be no man to save us, we will come out to thee. Then came the messengers to Gibeah of Saul and told the tidings in the ears of the people and all the people lifted up their voices and wept. And behold, Saul came after the herd out of the field and Saul said, What aileth the people? that they weep. And they told him the tidings of the men of Jabesh. And the Spirit of God came upon Saul. When he heard those tidings, and his anger was kindled greatly. And he took a yoke of oxen and hewed them in pieces and sent them throughout all the coast of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whosoever cometh not forth after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done unto his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out with one consent. And when he numbered them in Bezek, the children of Israel were 300,000 and the men of Judah 30,000. And they said unto the messengers that came, Thus shall you say unto the men of Jabesh, Gilead. Tomorrow, by that time the sun be hot, ye shall have help. And the messengers came and showed it to the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. Therefore the men of Jabesh said, Tomorrow we will come out unto you, and ye shall do with us all that seemeth good unto you. 
And it was so on the morrow that Saul put the people in three companies and they came into the midst of the host in the morning watch and slew the Ammonites until the heat of the day and it came to pass that they which remained were scattered so that two of them were not left together. You can be seated tonight. I'm interested in verse number nine. The Bible said, and they said unto the messengers that came, Thus shall you say unto the men of Jabesh-Gilead, Tomorrow, by that time the sun be hot, ye shall have help. Tonight, I want to preach on this thought. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. The men of Jabesh Gilead were facing circumstances that were dire. They were facing a Terrible dilemma. Their only hope was to send messengers into the land of Israel and ask for help. And Saul of Gibeah who had just been anointed the king of Israel, came to their aid. The word help indicates a rescue. It says something about coming with deliverance. Giving liberty, coming to the side of, giving aid and help. Tonight, some of you are facing circumstances that demand that you have help. The help that arrived for the men of Jabesh Gilead came from an outside source. And tonight, you can try to make it happen on your own, but I am here to say you need help from an outside source. 
You need the assistance that only comes from heaven above. I want to say tonight that there is help for your life. I want to say to anyone who is lost, anyone who is a sinner, I'm glad to announce there is help for you. I remember that night when I needed that kind of help and help came to my life. Hallelujah. I want to say tonight that there is help for your life. There is help for your home. There is help for your children. You say they're wayward. Yeah, but help is on the way. There's help for your relationship. There's help for your church. There's help for your heart. There's help on the way tonight. There are three things that are emphasized in the text that I have read tonight. Number one, the Bible says something about the foe of the men of Jabesh Gilead. And then our text says something about the frailty of the men of Jabesh Gilead. And then in our text, we find that there is a friend to the men of Jabesh Gilead. Tonight, I want us to look at that First emphasis of the men of Jabesh Gilead have a foe. The Bible names their enemy. He is Nahash the Ammonite. The word Nahash means serpent. That's coincidental, isn't it? And it reminds me of our enemy tonight. And by the way, your enemy is not that person sitting in the pew. It is not that Sunday school teacher or that choir member. It is not your pastor tonight. Our enemy is the old serpent, the devil, Satan. We are fighting against principalities and powers that are unseen. We have an adversary. We have an enemy. We have a foe and his name is the devil. He is described as an Ammonite. Ammon and the Ammonites 
come from the loins of Lot in his drunken stupor. He has a relationship with his daughter and Ammon is born. The Ammonites were nomadic in their character. That is, they did not live in a permanent dwelling place. They were not city dwellers, but they rather roamed about the territory. They were nomadic. They were wanderers throughout that desert land. Tonight, it reminds me of what Simon Peter said in his epistle. He said to you and I to be sober and to be vigilant for our adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I'm just here to tell you tonight the devil is out to rob and to steal away anything he can take from our lives. Oh, we should not allow that to happen. By the way, the devil has never been your friend and he never will. He may portray himself as your bosom buddy, but he will turn on your life. He'll rob you of everything that's precious. Nahash was a wanderer. He made his living by plundering the lives of others and robbing those he came in contact with. He lived off of the failures of others. I'm just here to tell you tonight, Satan doesn't have any heart for our families. He is our enemy tonight. He is not for our welfare or our good health physically or spiritually. But I'm glad, hallelujah, I've got a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. He is our enemy. He's out to destroy our children and our families. He would like to destroy the church. I just want to make this announcement. When God saved me, he saved me forever. That's something nobody can take away from my life. I'm headed for heaven. I thank God and I'll arrive by his grace. The devil knows he can't rob that from our life. But I am here to tell you, he'll rob rob you of your joy. He'll take away your song. He'll rob you of your testimony. He'll plunder you of your desire to be in the house of God. He'll take away that desire to read this Bible or to 
fall on your knee in prayer. He's our foe. Something about our foe, he has a prey. The prey of Nahash were the men of Jabesh Gilead. He besieges their city. They are actually open to his attack. And the reason being is that they are a borderline city. If you study and look on a a biblical maps, you'll find that Jabesh Gilead uh, fell in the land grant uh, of the half-tribe of Manasseh. That's that half-tribe that wanted to stay on the east side of the Jordan River uh, and they did not want to go over on the west side uh, with everybody else. And uh, uh, Jabesh Gilead uh, was a city uh, situated near uh, the border of Manasseh and the territory uh, that was claimed uh, by the Ammonites. Uh, And the simple uh, truth is this. uh, They were living too close uh, to their enemy and they were living too far away uh, from their uh, place of worship, uh, which was Jerusalem. Uh, And tonight, uh, we open our life to the attack uh, of our enemy uh, when we're living too far away from the cross when our hearts have grown cold and our desire for God has waned and we've moved away from Calvary and we're living too close to our enemy. We open ourselves to his besiege. We throw ourselves as an open target to our adversary. We put our home in danger. We put our children in danger. We put our testimony in danger. But I've got good news. Help is on the way. Hallelujah. I say help is on the way. I find that In the places that I go, there's not too many people that are hungry to get close to God. I don't find many wanting to root themselves toward the cross. The Bible said, James said, if we draw nigh to God, he would draw nigh to us. And if you make a move toward him, he's gonna make a move toward you. But I'm finding in most places that people are trying to live as far away from God as they can 
without drawing attention to their coldness and their slackness. They just miss enough services or they come just to enough services so the preacher doesn't knock on their door to find out what's going on. Oh, how we need some men that'll root their way toward God on behalf of their family. Lord, the enemy is out to destroy these little lives. We need some mamas and some daddies that are hungry, that want to root their way toward God Almighty. It's a borderline. But the name Jabesh has a meaning to it. It means barren. I don't know what your definition of barren is. But in my eye, when something is barren, there ain't much growing on it. That's right. Amen. And can anybody tell me why a barren land doesn't have much of anything growing on it? That's exactly right. He mentioned the word. He said they don't have any water. You got to have water to have growth. I'm not a farmer. I'm not even a good gardener. But I got enough sense to know you got to have moisture. You got to have water. You got to irrigate the land so something can grow. But Jabesh means barren. And did you know in the Word of God, the term water is typical of two main things it typifies the Word of God, and it is symbolic. Of the Spirit of God. And if we don't have uh, uh, much of either in our life, uh, we're going to be just like Jabesh Gilead. Uh, We're going to be barren. uh, And we're leaving our life open uh, to the attack of our enemy. Uh, We have nothing to fortify ourselves with. Uh, We need uh, to hide this Bible uh, in our heart. Uh, Want to read it uh, for direction. Uh, Want to read it uh, uh, for comfort. Uh, Want to read it uh, uh, for energy uh, and power. Uh, Lord God, tonight uh, we need to bury uh, those truths uh, in our heart uh, to the glory of God. And when we don't do that, when we let a week pass and the only Bible we have read is what we have read with the preacher 
when he reads his scripture or when that Sunday school teacher reads their lesson. I'm here to tell you we're living a barren life and we're falling to our enemy. We're trembling. We're besieged by our adversary. Oh God, tonight we need to fall in love with that Bible again. And then it is typical of the Spirit of God. I'm just here to tell you, if you don't have His touch on your life, you ain't going to last very long. You got to have the Holy Ghost uh, touching your life. Uh, He's the water. Uh, Hallelujah. He gives you life. Uh, He gives you strength. Uh, He renews you day by day. Uh, Hallelujah. Hey, when's the last time uh, the Holy Ghost touched you uh, when you was uh, teaching that Sunday school class? Uh, When's the last time uh, the Holy Ghost touched your life uh, singing in the choir uh, or sitting in the pew? Hey, I need his touch. I need him to help me. I need to know he's around. I say hallelujah tonight. We have a foe. And we're his prey. But he has a purpose. The men of Jabesh Gilead said, We've come to make terms of surrender. They weren't even willing to put up a fight, preacher. What they offered was, you tell us whatever we have to pay. Whatever tribute, whatever amount of money, whatever whatever it costs. Just let us stay like we are. And we'll give it. Sort of reminds me how the church is today. We just want to remain status quo. We don't want anybody to bother us. I mean, whatever it costs, uh, so that we can just stay the way we are. Oh, Lord, help us tonight. I I just want to announce help's on the way. Hallelujah. Help, I say help. You say, I don't believe it. I'm here to tell you, it's a coming. It's a coming. You say, I don't see it. You don't have to see it to know that it's on its way. You see, he wanted to dominate. You've heard the old saying, putting somebody under your thumb. He wanted to control them. He wanted to rule over them. You say, well, preacher, I thought when God saved me, he set me free. You're exactly right. He did set us free. I'm glad the condemnation of sin is no longer hanging over my life. But I know a lot of good Baptist folks uh, uh, that are saved tonight that are living in bondage. They're living under the domination of their enemy. You say, what do you mean? There's good Baptist folks sitting in the church pew uh, uh, that are filled with hate in their heart. They've got bitterness 
in their heart and it's ruling their life. They can't get by what somebody said about them. They can't get over some slanderous remark or what has been told about their life. I'm just here to tell you, if you're letting that rule over you, it's a choking the joy and the happiness out of your heart and your soul. I'm just here to tell you, I've been there. I've done it. It'll choke you down. It'll rob you of every good thing you can ever have have in this life. You say, I can't go to heaven. Oh no, you can go to heaven uh, with that, uh, but you ain't going to get in till you get it settled. I can tell you that. Uh, There's a judgment seat of Christ. uh, And if you die with hate uh, and a grudge in your heart, uh, you'll settle it at the judgment seat. Uh, I wouldn't live that away. Uh, I'd come to church. Uh, I'd enjoy myself. Uh, You say, they're going to have to uh, come and ask my forgiveness. Uh, Well, they'll never come. You better learn to forgive them before they ever do or you'll live with sadness and and hurt all your life. I'm talking about our enemy. He has a per. He wants to rule over us. And I know some folks, they're all right. I mean, they have victory until that person walks into church. And then they something that rises up in them. Yes. And uh, they just can't hardly take it. Yes. I just want to tell you help's on the way. Yes. Some of you need some help tonight. I'm just here to tell you it's on the way. Yes. But he wants to disable them. He wants to thrust out their right eye. How many of you here are right-handed? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> How many are left-handed? <laughs> Hallelujah. You've got several left-handed people in here. I, pre- I preach on the gospel of the left hand. <laughs> See, I can preach on the left-handers because I is one. <laughs> and, and by the way, if you're left-handed, you are in your right mind. Because the right side of your brain controls the left side of your body. But most soldiers were right-handed. They welded that sword with their right hand. They held their shield with their left hand. And with two eyes, they could hold their shield up and they could see their enemy out in front of them or to the side of them. But if that right eye is plucked out, when they put that shield up with their left hand, they are blinded. They cannot see the approach of their enemy until it's too late. And and the men of Jabesh uh, and Nahash wanted to disable their lives so as uh, they would never be able to rise in rebellion uh, and overthrow his rule uh, by raising up an army of men uh, because they would not have a right eye. Yes. He wants to disable you and I. Amen. He wants to pluck out that right eye of a good testimony. 
The Bible said a good name is to be desired more than silver and gold. A good name is more precious than ointment. And tonight, some men have sold away their good name. God help us tonight. Oh, it, it could happen to me. It could happen to you. We better, we better not live too far away from Calvary. We better, we better have the Holy Ghost on our life. We better love that Bible. Oh, he'll want to pluck out the right eye of a good testimony. He wants to pluck out that right eye of being faithful to church. Amen. Why, the devil knows if he can keep you out of the house of God, that's the place you get help. That's it. That's where you get strength. That's where you get direction for your life. Oh, you say, preacher, I, I watch them TV preachers, or I, I pray at the house. I'm glad you pray at the house. And some of them men on TV, there's a few of them pretty good. But I'm here to tell you, there's something about coming to the house of God, congregating with God's people, and being around where the Holy Ghost begins to move. You can't find that in the house. You can't get that off of a TV. Hey, you need help. I'm here to tell you it's on its way. Thank God. I'm going to move to this and I'm going to be done. I just want to say something about the friend, the men of Jabesh Gilead. They had a friend. Say, who was he? His name was Saul. He'd just been anointed king. He was out in the field plowing his oxen and came back into town late that evening. And the, and the messengers had arrived probably sometime after lunch uh, and they had told their dilemma to the people and they had told it in such a way that the whole city was disturbed and they were crying uh, and weeping uh, over what was taking place uh, uh, against Jabesh Gilead. Uh, and Saul said, what's going on? Uh, and they told Saul what uh, was happening in Jabesh Gilead. Uh, and you know, what the Bible said it said and the spirit of God come on Saul and he is filled with anger I want to tell you there is a friend who cares Saul cared about what was going on down in Jabesh Gilead and tonight I want to tell you there is a friend that cares about you he's concerned about what's going on in your family. He's concerned about what's happening down on the job place. He's interested in what's going on down at the schoolhouse. I'm glad we have a friend tonight who cares. That's right. We have a friend who could. Say, what do you mean? Well, how did Saul muster an army? I mean, the only way he could have the ability or the authority to muster up an army 
He couldn't just go himself and take a few men of Gibeah. He had to have the help of the whole nation of Israel. You know what he done? He got his two oxen he'd been plowing with. Them oxen was precious to Saul. But he took them two oxen and he hewed them in pieces. And he called messengers. He said, I want you to take this piece of oxen up to Dan. He, he, he cut up another piece. He, he called another messenger. He said, I want you to take this piece over to Naphtali. He gave another uh, to uh, one of the other messengers. He said, I want you to take this to the tribe of Ephraim. Uh, and uh, he said, uh, I want you to take this piece uh, and go uh, to the tribe of Judah. I, I want uh, one of you other messengers to go to the tribe of Asher. Uh, and uh, I want you uh, to go all over Israel uh, and tell the men if they don't come, uh, uh, their oxen are going to be just like these. Uh, and uh, the fear of the Lord fell on the people uh, and they gathered together at Bezek. Uh, uh, that's about three or four miles uh, uh, from Jabesh Gilead. Uh, it means the place of thundering. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, th- 330,000 men. Uh, and the sky was a fixing to get dark. Uh, and it's already dark over Jabesh Gilead. Uh, but God was going to send lightning uh, out of the sky. I say we got a friend. Uh, we got a friend uh, who could. Uh, who could? That's right. But it was all based on sacrifice. Yes, Somebody had to die. So Saul could. Help the men of Jabesh get it. I'm glad my help isn't in soldiers and horses. My help tonight comes from a different source. It comes from a hill called Calvary where the Son of God sacrificed, I say sacrificed His life for you and I. And because of that hillside where it died, I'm glad help, I say help, is already on the way. I'm glad I got a friend that not only cares, but I got a friend who could tonight. But I've got a friend who came. Hallelujah. He said to the men, the messengers that came from Jabesh Gilead, he said, you go tell the men of Jabesh Gilead tomorrow by the time the sun be hot, ye shall have help. How about y'all getting ready to sing that song about the friend y'all sung a while ago? Go ahead and get up there. I'm down here. I like to get down where everybody's at. You say, I don't like for a man to walk around. Well, you might as well not come back tomorrow night then. I can't help it. 
It gets in me. And I just like to get down here. I like to look at people in the eyeball. Amen. You see, Nahash had given them seven days. Now the men of Jabesh knew day one they weren't going to hear nothing. They knew day two they weren't going to hear nothing. They knew it took it took a matter of time to muster up any kind of an army if an army came. They didn't even know if it was going to come. Day three, they're not looking. Day four, they're still not looking. Day five, they're wondering, will anybody come? Day six, they get anxious. Day seven, they're worried. Late that morning on day seven, somebody on the watchtower says, I see somebody coming. I see some, who is it? Well, it looks like, it looks like one of them men we sent out, a messenger. And he's, they said, well, open the gate, let him come in. And the messengers that, that had been sent out came in. And they said uh, uh, that Saul sent us with a message. Uh, and, and Saul said, tomorrow by the time the sun be hot, uh, ye shall have help. Uh, yep. And you know what uh, uh, the men of Jabesh Gilead done? Uh, they went out that afternoon uh, and they called for a conference with Nahash. Uh, and they said, Nahash, uh, tomorrow we will come out unto you uh, and you can do unto us whatever you will. Uh, but help was already on the way. Uh, hallelujah. And tonight uh, I'm glad uh, it didn't come in the noonday hour. Oh no, it came in the morning watch before the night had ever slipped away, before day ever resurrected. I'm glad, hallelujah, while day was still asleep in its bed. I'm glad God had three companies of Israelites that pounced on the men of Nahash and scattered them abroad. I say, hallelujah. Helps on the way. I want you to stand tonight. Some of you need help for your life. Some of you living too close to your enemy. Some of you hadn't had a good touch on your life in a good while. Oh, I tell you, when you pray, there will be times when God just touches you. And your prayer turns into worship. That's right. You ever had that to happen? Oh, yes. Yes. It, it helps some of us to get that way again. Yes. It's been a long time uh, since you've prayed like that. Uh, uh, since you've really worshipped uh, down at the house of yes. God. Uh, I say help's on the way. Yes. Uh, listen to him while they sing tonight. Uh, God's a speaking to your heart.